police in the morning. The old house on Wingate Road has had many tenants over the past hundred years. Most of them still live there. Marty Beck, a down-on-his-luck horror novelist, faces terror head-on when he rents the house for inspiration to complete his latest lurid book. Hour by hour, he is drawn into a nightmare world of ghosts, monsters, and ghouls. Death will be the only release from his mortgage on his soul as he learns the shocking truth of his final days. I'm Corey. And I'm Paul. And we are the, the B-Movie, B-Movie Bros. Bros. Here we B-Movie's best for ability. Sometimes we get off topic, but randomness is a gift. Here we are with the uh, the 2000 film, The House That Screams, as uh, we continue Ghost Month. And I'm pretty sure that the back of the DVD box meant to say Ghost Monsters and Ghouls, but it, but it missed the H in Ghouls, so it says Gowls. Gowls? Gowls. Gowls. So, that being aside... Let's dive right into the shit with our technical difficulties, top and bottom three. Let's uh, let's get the good out of the way this time. Sounds good to me. You want to start this one? Sure. So for me, oh yeah, and spoiler alert, number three. The steady decline in Marty's sanity through the movie, ultimately leading to his end, was actually done fairly well. I mean, he was all put together and didn't believe in ghosts, and over the course of the movie, he just went insane. Number two. The atmosphere that's built by the random spooks and the cuts used through the film, uh, it's definitely clever editing to get through some of the difficulties, and uh, it really worked in its favor. I I enjoyed it. I thought it came out as well as any haunted house movie could. And number one, the fight scene with the doll. (laughs) It's just... It's one of those scenes that no matter how serious you try to make it, it looks comical, and... uh, it just actually fits in with the tone of this film where, like, things are kind of spooky, but at the same time, like, not at all spooky. And, uh, yeah, just seeing him struggle with the doll was, was the best part. And he chucks it in the garbage at the end. That was hilarious. After, after he tries to drown it in the sink, which is mysteriously <laughs> full of water, you know, like this inanimate doll ghost thing that tried to murder him, like, can breathe. Would have been better if, like, for the sink was full of blood for some reason. That would have been great, but it was still funny. Or number three, um, a lot of interesting visuals in this. It was kind of like a weird, like, surreal art horror film, which um, I don't think most of the Polony Brothers films are like that. So this is kind of a neat change of pace. Number two, there were a lot of each ghost was kind of different from the others, and it, they weren't from the same like uh, situation. So definitely gave the house and the like more personality and. I don't know, I just thought it was cool how they changed things up a lot. And number one, I just like the practical effects. I thought they were all pretty pretty well done. Now, on to the bottom three. For me, number three. Yeah, there was an awkward Polonia Brothers movie sex scene. Never thought I'd see an actual sex scene in a Polonia Brothers film, but uh, you know, I guess you watch enough of them, you'll, you'll find those scenes you never thought existed. There are a few of them in different movies, but um, yeah. Well, uh, the the newer movies more so than the older ones, but uh, but yeah, did did not need to see that at all. Number two, so there's a bunch of scenes that are filmed in like negative, like the negative film effect, and they seem pretty random. I I think they're supposed to be like from the ghost perspective, 
but about three quarters of the way through the film, they just stop using the effect, and they never really like explained either why it was happening or why it stopped. And number one, the background noise. There are a lot of silent kind of times in the film that are just filled up with either water dripping or clock ticking. And I have a clock in my bedroom that ticks. And I feel like when I'm trying to get to sleep, it just gets louder and louder. And it's just one of the most annoying sounds in the world to me. And it's used as the background noise more than anything else in this movie. You've got trauma in this movie. just kind of like uh, brought it all to the surface. All right, number three. Um, overall, the audio quality was pretty poor in this. Even with the, even without the um, background noises, it was just... Um, wasn't great, which, uh, yeah, I know it's a low-budget film, but it was just very noticeable and really kind of annoying. Number two, um, uh, it was cool seeing all the different ghosts, but the movie felt very directionless at times. Like, it didn't seem like it was leading to some anything, and even at the end, I still don't really think it was. It was just haunted house, and then, you know, stuff happens. And number one, as far as I could tell, there's no novelization of Feeders or Feeders 2. Like, I looked it up. I would buy it if there was, but um, I did not see it online anywhere. It was also very inconsistent. Like, some of the Feeders novels were, like, obviously, like, around 200 pages, and some of them were, like, a fucking Tom Clancy <laughs> 900-page novel. Like, like they, they didn't even, like, use the same prop throughout the movie. They actually made multiple prop copies to which point, it probably would have been easier to make an actual feeders novelization and sell. They'll have to put a lot of detailed, like uh, about how what the little aliens look like, and I, I would I would read that in heartbeat. How would they write? <laughs> as as the aliens say, it's half the dialogue. <laughs> well, speaking of dialogue, let's have ourselves a good old fashioned quote war. Quote war. We'll quote this movie back and forth. You tell us who had the better quotes. Um. Paul, you can get us started off this week. I remember the war. You must be a glutton for punishment. Cold, lonely, painful. This is a haunted house. If you would quit interrupting me, maybe I could finish the story, asshole. Start thinking about Feeders 4. That ends this episode's edition of Quote Wars. If you have a favorite quote from this movie or anything else you'd like to say about it, please leave it in the comments below. I... I and on my, my final quote, start talk, thinking about feeders four. How about feeders three? Give us what we want. We want more feeders. It's time to give this film our final take. Remember, friends, a score on our shot scales, a reverse scale, one to ten, one being the best, ten being the worst. How many shots do you need to get through this film? I gave it a two out of ten. I gave it a three out of ten. So, quite simply, The House That Screamed is a fun, low-budget, haunted house movie filled with random ghosts who slowly chip away at the uh, protagonist's sanity. The effects are crude, yet fit surprisingly well within the cuts and angles of the film. I, you know, just like Paul, I wish there were actual novelizations of Feeders 1 and 2, because that's my biggest takeaway from this movie, is that doesn't exist. The House That Screamed is an interesting Poloni Brothers film due to the fact that it seems more like an art film mixed with a horror film, with the eerie, distorted, and at times seemingly random visuals that then it was... then than their typical, like, straightforward, like, horror films, and they managed to pull it off pretty well. It certainly was different, and overall, like, not bad at all. The story isn't all that original, but it's told in a unique manner that made the overall film enjoyable. The House It Screams succeeded in combining surreal visuals and horror in a way that wasn't pretentious, which isn't an easy feat. Well, you know, we always have ways to drink away the slick. 
Drink away the splick. So come on and grab your drink. Let's drink away the splick. Bum, 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 bum. We'll use some drinking games for this film. But remember, friends, drink responsibly. Number one, every time Marty wakes up, take a drink. Number two, every time you see a copy of Feeders, the novel, take a drink. Number three, whenever a new person or ghost appears, take a drink. And number four, anytime the movie is being shown in the negative filter, take a drink. Every time someone mentions something terrible happening in the house, take a drink. Every time someone recognizes the main character as a famous horror novelist, take a drink. Every time you see a flashback to the house burning down, take a drink. And every time you see a scene reused, take a drink. And those are your ways to drink away this flick. If you have any other thoughts about this movie or anything else B-Movie related, let us comment either iTunes or SoundCloud. Also email us at bmoviebros at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com. That's bmoviebros. Follow us on Twitter at bmoviebros. And personal Twitter at bmoviepaul. You can check out all the content, including reviews, interviews, and chats on our website, bmoviebros.com, where new series each week. Want to help support the show? Consider donating to our PayPal or Patreon accounts. Links right below. Well, we've come to the end of week two for Ghost Month, and we've seen two movies so far, so let's, uh, let's rank them. For me, in the number two spot is uh, actually House on Haunted Hill, although, you know, starring one of the all-time greatest, Vincent Price, and uh, a very good movie overall. The, uh, the ending really leaves a lot to be desired and says of more tale to be told, whereas The House That Screamed is also very fun, although not as well acted. It uh, does have a definitive ending to it. This is a tough one. Like every week, it might change next week. Who knows? But for now, I've got The House That Screamed as number two. It was fun. It was a good, like, kind of surreal, really low-budget horror film. But, I mean, House on Haunted Hill is just a classic, like, uh, Vincent Price movie with a really cool plot and overall just a very good film. So it was tough. Might change later. But, yeah, it's right now number two, The House That Screamed, and number one, The House on Haunted Hill. Well, as we continue Ghost Month, we've uh, we've seen a movie with maybe ghosts in a house on haunted in the house on haunted hill. We've seen pretend civ- ghosts, civil war ghosts in the house that screamed. Next week, we're going to take a look at pirate ghosts with the 1979 classic The Fog. Pirate ghost. So until next time, friends, be brave, be alive, and be back for more. Get on the next call. I'm seeing the wrong way.